It's Thursday, August 15th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, Seth Jason in the house. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. You know, I, I should be out watching the, the ticker tape coming out of those clattery dealy things that we have under glass, like a roast pheasant, that, that show us what stocks are doing because it's up and down. I, while we're in here, we don't know whether we should be panicking or or wearing monocles and top hats. <laughs> We can can't we do both? Can't we do both? <laughs> um, we're going to talk retail today. We're also going to talk a little bit of artificial intelligence uh, since uh, you and I and Jason Moser um, had I, I thought a very I had a good time on, I had a good on time. YouTube on YouTube yesterday. We so. talked about an AI yesterday. Yeah, I would like to purchase an AI. Yeah, you can go into stores and buy one. Um, let's uh, speaking of buying stuff. Let's start with Walmart second quarter. Same store sales up nearly three percent. This is the quarterly reminder that Walmart sells a ton of stuff. A hundred thirty billion dollars in revenue in this quarter for Walmart. Yeah, uh, the, everyone, uh, including investors, I guess the stock was up five percent or something when I looked. Um, you know, near an all-time high, I guess still. Pretty excited about this. I thought it was a decent quarter, but there were things in there which made me, uh, which surprised me, uh, and made me a little less sanguine uh, to hit the good points. You know, I guess this was 20 quarters now, consecutive quarters. That'd be five years of growth. Pretty good. They gained share in grocery, which I think is important for Walmart. Uh, something like 56 percent of revenue now is grocery. I have to say, as somebody who's not a fan of Walmart in general, just I don't enjoy the shopping experience. Their grocery has always impressed me. I think it's a similar situation to Costco. They have buying power, they have scale. You go in there, things turn over rapidly. They generally have pretty good stuff at pretty good prices. Um, and so that is good news for them. Um, uh, bad news if you sell to Walmart, apparently, is that you know this whole uh, inflation and tariff thing? Not a huge deal at Walmart right now, although uh, analysts uh, who do this sort of thing apparently priced a basket of stuff and said that you're paying almost six or about five percent more than you were last year, which kind of puts that two percent uh, comp or two point eight percent comp growth in perspective. On the other hand, more cost increases are being borne by the suppliers to Walmart. So, say you and I buy some stuff from China that we then reconfigure and or you know move it on to Walmart. Uh, we're the ones getting pinched. This is the classic of getting Walmarted back in the day. And this is how Walmart was able to consistently drive down prices. They have the scale to continue doing that. And so, um, consumers who are not seeing inflation as a result of the trade war right now, they, they have Walmart to thank for that a little bit. But that can only go on for so long, right? You can only squeeze the suppliers for so long before they cry uncle or they, they just can't do it. I'll just throw in there another good quarter for e-commerce. They continue to grow that channel, and I think something like thirty-seven percent growth. Again. Yeah, and I think that the, you know you mentioned the groceries. I think it's it it's impressive to see a company, particularly a company of this size, very clearly stating what they're going to be doing, what their vision is, and then executing against that. Yeah. And the with with every quarter like this, because I agree with you, this was this was a good quarter. Somewhere in the good to very good range. This was not some amazing quarter for Walmart, but their ability to continue to grow the e-commerce channel makes 
the acquisition of Jet.com, and I think they paid $3 billion for Jet, just makes that look better and better with every quarter like this they it put up. It does, unless you care about the profitability there. And this is where they're actually uh, buckling down a little bit, um, trying to get rid of one of their, uh, what was it, uh, cloth mod or one of the women's uh, apparel uh, online buys they made, and trying to tighten their belts there because they're losing more money. Online um, and those losses are growing, and they're telling investors to brace for it, and that is interesting and probably counterintuitive. Most of us probably think that hey, online sales should be easy because once you've got your computer set up over there, then you know, then everything else should scale really quickly, and it doesn't work that way. Part of the reason is you have to be advertising like crazy and so on. I think that Walmart's position in grocery and the ability that they have to have people order and then pick up might make that scale more quickly and get to profitability more quickly. Hopefully, that works out for them, because Walmart is already huge, and they need this uh, to kind of fit in nicely with their distribution. And uh, you don't want to see them continue to lose money or continue to lose even more money on this forever. They probably would pull out before that would happen. Walmart cares about profits, but I'd like to see that turn sooner. Well, and welcome news in the retail industry in the wake of yesterday with Macy's, the you know the dumpster fire that is Macy's, and and not that I, yeah. my poor my de- recollection poor is department that, stores. Well, my recollection is not so much that Macy's was doing a lot of blaming of the consumer, but it, you look at Walmart's quarter and it it you know for any retailer that is struggling. Be very careful about coming out on the conference call and saying, "Well, you know, the consumer spending is not what it used to be." And it's like, "Well, I don't know. It seems like consumers are spending. Maybe they're just not spending at your place." Yeah, it's in different places. Let's move on to Tapestry, which is the parent company of Coach and Kate Spade, a couple other brands as well. The stock, Mr. Weitzman, right? Stuart Weitzman. Yes. Which is not really safe for work sometimes to look at that segment of. Uh, to go to that website. A really? Lot of, I remember the first time I said, I don't know who this is, and I looked. It seemed really racy. I, I thought I was going to. Isn't, isn't I that thought a, HR was going to come over. Isn't that a shoe designer, Stuart Weitzman? I, yeah, and I seem to remember that what I saw was mostly somebody wearing just shoes. So. I'm just saying. Well, whatever that strategy is, not it ain't safe for work. It ain't working for Tapestry because the stock is down 20% this morning. Uh, and this really looks like a combination of the fourth quarter report that they put out, which was not great, and then their guidance for the first quarter of the new fiscal year, yeah. which was definitely lower both on the profit side and on the revenue side than Wall Street was looking for. Yeah, and I think it's an existential question at this point, or at least a. I think it probably is existential because when Coach, the company formerly known as Coach, decided to become Tapestry, which is just too cute a name for me, I prefer to call it Rugs. Um, the the business with a Z, Rugs with a Z has to have that. the The idea there is that hey, we are a we're more than just the Coach lifestyle brand. We're so good at this that we can buy other lifestyle brands and see them grow. Um, now, Weitzman is growing uh, pretty quickly, but it's a small revenue base, and it's still unprofitable. So, that's not helping a ton right now. Kate Spade acquisition is not working out that well. And so, if you look at this uh, cynically, you say, well, uh, the Kate Spade buy says, yeah, we're not so great at this, at being this house of, of brands. And then you have comments uh, by management saying, yeah, we're not really going to do any acquisitions for a little while. That also suggests you don't think you know what you're doing or that you just 
can't find uh, good bargains in this space. Neither of which uh, of those situations is great for a company that basically is telling you, we're not just coach stuff, we're, we're more than that. Um, what intrigues me is that if you look at the multiples, uh, always dangerous for a company that's not growing a lot, but if you look at the multiples, it looks like we're trading at sort of 2008 uh, uh, you know, recession level multiples here. You know, just over one time sales. The the price to earnings multiple, unless my data provider is not crunching the numbers correctly, somewhere around eight times. That that just seems crazy, even for a company uh, like this that is struggling. Is it a value? I'm going to punt on that because I have a great history of buying companies like this when when they're excellent looking values and seeing them just continue to to do poorly. Well, uh, you read my mind because I was going to say, "Hey, this stock is basically at a ten-year low right yeah. now," and so I'm I'm wondering if because let's go back to the name for a second. Whatever we think of the name Tapestry, and I think we're both let's just say we're not huge fans. There of it. are worse growners, but this one is <laughs> it makes you want to slap someone in the head. It's not great, but the rationale behind the name change is sound reasoning, I yes. think, because they were there were absolutely quarters where. They have these multiple brands, and the fact that the name of the company was Coach, if the Coach section of the business wasn't doing well, it would unfairly weigh down the others. So, I understand it. Maybe they didn't pick the best name. But these aren't bad brands. Like, Coach is is not a bad brand. Not, you know, Kate Spade, Stuart Weitzman, these are, these are solid brands. I don't think they are troubled in any significant well, way. Well, I think, I think they are in the sense that they're not growing much. Um, same thing with Deckers and Uggs, right? I mean, Decker, uh, Deckers, Ugg was doing well, but it, it's such a huge part, and it's even, it's even a bigger portion at Ugg is bigger at Decker than than coaches at Tapestry. That's what I'm trying to say. And so you have this, you have a hot brand like Hoka uh, running shoes that was growing like crazy, still growing like crazy that Decker's bought. Uh, it's my favorite running shoe. A lot of people are buying them. It, it wasn't enough to offset the mediocre growth and the occasional shrink uh, at Ugg. And so, uh, you know, if you're a family and you own Tapestry, you're probably fine. You're gonna button, you're gonna batten down the hatches and just get a bunch of cash flow and nurture these brands in a way that just pays you. If you're a public market investor like we are, I think it's a lot scarier. David Gardner is our guest on Motley Fool Money this weekend, so plan accordingly. Uh, just one little housekeeping note. Um, as Does I that mean, like, get your 12-sided die out? Or, or, no, no. I mean, well, uh, get, ready to, there? Get, get ready to take some notes. The mix. Take some notes? I want to play the, D&D with David. Does the, he still do that? I don't know. I hope I so. I don't know. Are you? Uh, I've never played Dungeons. Oh, Dragons. it's fun. And I think it would be so much more fun with David. I need to go to game night. Yeah, I was going to say. I think that's probably easy to arrange. I mean, given <laughs> given David's enthusiasm for board games, yeah, I bet I bet you could swing that. Um, so as I mentioned at the top uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, you and Jason Moser and I uh, did a live event on YouTube, thirty minutes. Um, took questions from the viewers, uh, but the main topic we were talking about was artificial intelligence, augmented reality. Areas that both you and Jason have really dug into lately, and having done a few of these live Q and As on YouTube, my experience as sort of the person hosting it has been that we have a topic that we're talking about, and then once the questions start to roll in, the questions are about generally whatever stock 
is on a given person's mind. There, yeah. It's a pretty wide range. I was pleasantly surprised to see the questions that we were getting yesterday almost across the board were about AI and AR, which tells me a couple of things. One, uh, people are really interested in this, in these two areas. And two, and this is something we talked about on the video, is there are so many applications. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I said that I tend to think of Augmented reality. My my first go to on there is Pokemon Go. I just have this very narrow. You remember way. dodging those people on the running trail, right? Yeah. They were staring at their phones. So there's that, and then with AI, it's just you know the it's, everything. It's well, I was going to say it's Hal from you know Space Odyssey Ooh, 2001. Scary AI. Yeah. So, um, but we start getting all these questions about what do you think of the applications in the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah. What do you think about tourism, hospitality? Yeah, how and, did we get a piece of the internet that was so on topic yesterday? Yesterday. That was awesome. Yeah, it really was. Did any did any questions surprise you? No, they didn't. They were good. Even the marijuana question, which is inevitable, was, was sort of was sort of linking into AI or, or AR. It was, hey, do you see any you know, do you see any applications here? And of course, uh, you know, I kind of made light of it. But you know, if if marijuana became a big industry, it would mostly be an agricultural industry at some point, and there are actually a ton of AI applications. Uh, in agriculture right now, a lot of it is drone-based analysis of fields and so forth. Um, so uh, there's AI and AR in ag, and if 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 marijuana became a huge thing, it would mostly be an ag thing, and and there you'd have it. So it, it was a fun talk yesterday, um, and uh, you know I I continually um, stress that investors who are who are looking at AI try to step away from the hot topic. Oh, that's a retail store. From the hotness of of the idea, in other words, it it's tough to just go try to find this little weird AI pure play that's got some kind of technology that's going to change the world and it's going to go from a five hundred million dollar company to a five hundred billion dollar company. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, um, the 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 global market for ideas in artificial intelligence is sort of saving us from the opportunity. To, to do that, which is both good and bad, because a lot of the smaller AI shops that are doing interesting things with algorithms or with technology, they're private, and once they're interesting, somebody else buys them. Um, the opportunities for us as public market investors really lies in sifting through companies that, that we like and I think that are already strong companies who are then uh, able to really augment uh, what they're doing to really increase their effectiveness by uh, using artificial intelligence. And this is not so different from taking a look at companies who were among the first not to sell computer products or something, but to, to adopt them and to adopt them intelligently, same way with the internet. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of companies, you know, there were leaders like Amazon who first try and sell a bunch of stuff over the internet, but then you have a company like, uh, you know, much later, I guess, Lululemon or somebody who comes along and says, well, we can figure out a way to make our, to make e-commerce work for us in a way that works also for our bricks and mortar stores and, and really do a lot better. And you have to look at AI the same way. Try to find companies you like that are incorporating AI in an intelligent way, because everybody's going to say they're using AI, but they're not all going to be using it effectively. Real quick before we wrap up, because I'm going to uh, in the description of this episode, I'm going to include a link to the video. Anyone can just go to the Motley Fool's YouTube channel, uh, which is just YouTube.com/slash/TheMotleyFool. Uh, the videos are free. Uh, can watch a lot of a lot of good stock ideas coming out of that video that we did. Um, but at the end, 
there was you were trying to come up with the name of a British company. Reserves. No, Reserves. that's an old Bill Mann joke. <laughs> um, Graphcore was, was Graphcore. Graphcore. Yeah. So if you watch the video, just know that the name that the, Seth's trying to come up with I at the end of it is, is Graph- Graphcore, which seems like a super cool company, uh, a chip company that is. Uh, uh, Run by a couple of founders who've run chip companies uh, before and done a good job of it. Very interesting. Unfortunately, uh, the likes of you and I cannot buy a piece of it. But if you're Dell or Microsoft or others, uh, you can you can and you can also buy their products. Seth, Jason, thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.